Hi everyone and welcome back to Stereotypically Right. This is your host Sienna Catherine and today on this episode of It's Game Time I'm going to be talking about Biden's VP pick Kamala Harris, the peace treaty or peace agreement that Trump got with Israel and the United Arab Emirates aka Palestine which is something really huge and I'm just going to be talking about North Carolina's push back to phase two and just a little bit of what that means. Also, I'm going to talk about my experience today meeting Dan Bongino at a local tattoo shop and what happened there just to show you the difference between people and what they think is right, how what they think they're doing is right for the sake of quote unquote caring for others, but the stark contrast that it poses. So anyway, why don't we just get started? So it's not a surprise, or it shouldn't be anyway, that Joe Biden decided to pick Kamala Harris as his VP. Now, first of all, I'm not thrilled about Biden Biden um, being the Democratic nominee. Like, out of all those people who ran, that's the best that they could pick. I just think that that's so odd. Um, I've been watching some of the videos that he's in, and it really doesn't seem that he's all there. And I don't mean that in a rude way, but he said some very questionable things. And if Trump had been the one to say them, then I totally think like the election would be canceled. Like There'd be no way that Trump could get away with half these things. So the first thing that he said is, if you don't vote for him, then you're not black. Then the second thing that he said came out, earlier this week, I believe, he said that Latinos are more diverse than black people, something along those lines. I just think that that's so painfully awkward. I don't get offended, um, but it, I mean, it is racist. It pushes the narrative that black people who don't quote unquote act black or vote Democrat are quote unquote not black. It pushes that narrative and it makes it harder for people like me who quote unquote don't act black. Um, to fit in I guess and it gives the people who say that we don't act a certain way ammo to continue to harass us I mean in the scheme of things it really doesn't matter that they're harassing me but for someone who's now going to be on the ballot as president to say that a group of people are not their skin color because they're not going to vote for him I just think that's super racist and uncalled for and I know without a shadow of the doubt if Trump ever said anything remotely like that it would be over and the media would never stop talking about it. But of course, the media did not talk about Joe Biden and any of his slip ups or if they do talk about it, they just show what he says and they don't cast outrage about it. And it's re- that's really problematic to me. Anyway, his pick for vice president. So it was between Susan Rice and Kamala Harris. He said off the bat that he was going to pick a woman of color. So the EEOC, which is the uh, employment organization, says that you can't discriminate based on race, sex, religion, and all of that stuff. Yet he he purposely picked someone who was a certain race and a certain gender, passing by all the people who are a different race and the opposite gender, just because he wanted to. And that's that's really problematic as well. Now, Kamala Harris is... Indian and Jamaican. Her mother's Indian, her father's Jamaican. She was born in California. Her parents were not citizens at the time, 
but she is an American citizen. There's something going around saying that she's not eligible to be president if if Biden drops. She's not eligible eligible to be president and Pelosi will swoop in, but that's not true because I just want to let you know there's two ways that you can be a citizen. It's called just solis and just sanguinis. It's by soil, by land, and by blood. So if you're born here and you, if you're born here, you're a citizen. If you are born, I'm pretty sure it's if you're born to American citizens and you have like a military exemption or some sort of government exemption, then you're a citizen. Well, Kamala was born here in California, so therefore she is an American citizen. I keep seeing this thing circulate saying that she's not and it's just not true. And my word of advice to conservatives would be there's enough information on these people where they've been slipping up and acting crazy. We don't need to continue making up our own stuff as ammo because they provide enough of it for us. Work smarter, not harder. And also it ruins our credibility if we share this false information because it makes us look stupid. And the media already portrays us to be stupid, compassionless, and all of the above. And if we give them ammo by sharing stuff that's not true that makes us look bad and it's not going to help the left can lie all they want but they're the people who run the left run the media and so they have the ability to do that we don't we're fighting right now to be heard and anything that we say can be used against us so posting false information is not going to help our case at all there's plenty of things about Kamala besides her citizenship that are questionable and that are more important things to talk about. But anyway, I she ran for president. She was on the primary ticket. And she had to drop out of the race. And so I don't understand why Biden would pick someone who had to drop out and was losing by such poor numbers, was destroyed by Tulsi Gabbard. See, that would have been a good pick as Tulsi Gabbard. But the thing is, he's vying for votes. He's trying to get the black vote, which that's disgusting too, to pick someone just so you can get the black vote and the female vote. Because that's all that Democrats do is their identity. They're the party of identity politics. So they believe that picking a black man is automatically going to make black people vote for them because he's going to care for them more. Automatically picking a woman, that's going to make more women vote for them because she's a woman and she relates to women and therefore she's going to cater to women's needs better. Both of those are false because in the eight years that we had Obama, race relations were not helped. They were harmed more and there's still quote-unquote oppression that people are complaining about. I mean, just because someone's black doesn't mean that they can do anything to further the community. I mean, we're all human and race is man-made. Secondly, um, Hillary Clinton believes in abortion. So she's not for women's rights at all because abortions include female babies. And so if she really cared about women, she wouldn't be um, signing off for them to be murdered in the womb. So it's really not about who the person is, like what they look like. It's about what's inside their mind, what's inside their heart, and what they're going to do for this country. You can't pick someone just because they look like you. That's absolutely ridiculous. But I believe it's because people who tend to vote Democratic, they're not doing their research, and so they honestly believe that. Whereas Trump, under Trump, we had the lowest black unemployment rate, and I mean, the communities, the minority communities were doing really well under Trump until Corona happened. But anyway... It's just, this is such a mess. This is such a mess. 
And the reason why it raises a few hairs on my head that he picked Kamala Harris is because of this. As I said before, Biden, his he's not 100% there. So they're going to knock him out and Kamala will be president and then Pelosi will be, be VP. That's problem number one. Problem number two, mail-in voting. I expect to see a lot of states say that mandatory mail-in voting is going to be a thing within the next few days and few weeks. We already had um, United States Postal Service Union um, back Joe Biden. That raises a red flag um, because mail-in is going to be pretty prevalent for this election and for them to endorse a candidate, which I've back when Trump was running and back when Obama was running, I don't remember unions like that endorsing people like the postal service that's really sketchy to me but we all know it's because of mail-in voting but anyway the problem is that if we do mail-in voting excuse me if we do mail-in voting and you vote republican and they don't want your republican vote all they have to do is throw away your ballot and then biden can win same thing push out biden kamala becomes president pelosi gets in the white house Third option is that Kamala really isn't eligible to be president because she's not an American citizen and Pelosi can come in. Or with the mail-in ballots, it could be backlogged for so long that there's no announcement by Inauguration Day and there's no announcement by January 20th. Therefore, Pelosi automatically becomes president. And another weird option is that I'm guessing Biden might be able to drop and Kamala will be able to enter in before the election even occurs. And then she may pick Michelle Obama to be president. That's a rumor that's circulating. And I I, don't, I mean, vice president. That's a rumor that's circulating. And I don't know. I've heard that. But I really don't know if that would be the best option for them. Because a lot of corruption has to occur. But, you know, corruption happens all the time in the Democratic Party. And they don't do anything. But this is just a mess. And honestly, Kamala Harris is saying... She's African American. She's not. Jamaican is not in Africa. Jamaica is not in Africa, and Jamaican is. It's a nationality. You're not African American if you're from Jamaica. Like, it, there's just so much wrong with this. So much wrong with this. Uh, and also, her family owns slaves, but she talks about white privilege all the time. And some people have said that, like, it's not. Those aren't point, points of substance to be arguing, but to me they are because if she's saying that she's African-American and she's really not African-American, then she's pawning true African-Americans and trying to come under their ethnicity to get their vote. And then as far as owning slaves and touting about white privilege, I mean, that's literally just super hypocr- hypocritical. And I get it that they were her ancestors, but she's never said anything about it and she's never come out and like tried to speak out about it and shed light on that situation and just talk about it. I mean, it's hush-hush that her family members own slaves, her dad's side of the family, which is Jamaican. But here's the thing. The problem I have with that is the racial reparations thing. So a lot of times people are saying that white people owe black people reparations because of slavery. But I know a ton of people 
who didn't own slaves. First of all, we're in 2020. Slavery doesn't exist, so I wasn't a slave, and they weren't a slave owner, so no reparations are owed to me. If anybody was owed any reparations, it would be my ancestors who actually came out of slavery. But instead, what they decided to do is my great-grandfather and his siblings decided to make something of themselves. They were not enslaved. Their parents were. My great-grandfather went on to be a pastor. My great-aunt went on to own her own pharmacy. I'm not entirely sure what his other siblings did but they went and made names for themselves they weren't complaining and they're the ones who deserve to be complaining because their parents were fresh out of slavery could they have taught them to read and write i highly doubt it could they have provided a life for them that they deserve i highly doubt it because when you're coming out of slavery obviously i'm assuming that they didn't have any money and they had to scrounge together what they could and find jobs and raise four kids and i mean and now we're here and my mom's a lawyer and my aunt does academic advising at a college and my other aunt is HR at a college. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't owe, I'm not owed any reparations. I live in a nice town in North Carolina and I've grown up with opportunity upon opportunity and I'm presented new ones every day. So for Kamala's family to own slaves and then for her to talk about white privilege and maybe if she even touts the phrase about reparations I just need for her to not do that because that's entirely hypocritical and if anybody owes reparations then it would be her family because it was black people enslaving black people that's also something that people don't talk about is that black people own slaves that's how they got over here is that the people in Africa owned slaves and they sold their people to the Europeans that's how they got to America and then afterward they enslaved black people and there were free black people that owned slaves so i mean the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous like i said there's just so much to her that and the fact that she locks people up like it's nobody's business them together biden threw a ton of black people in jail and kamala does it too and she's very 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 tough on crime and that's oppression like if you want to talk about oppression someone not giving you the justice that you deserve and putting you in jail over petty crimes for an extended period of time is oppression because once you go to jail it's so hard to get a job therefore it's hard to find housing um anytime you apply anywhere it asks you about your background and by the grace of god maybe you can turn your life around but if you're if you've had an extended sentence in jail for like just for marijuana charges I mean that sets you back and I'm not saying that it's good for you to be smoking marijuana but if she is so tough on crime like that and then she's saying that the black community is oppressed then I'm just confused it's just so much confusion going on and not only that but Biden and Harris have decided that they want a three-month mask mandate and they're trying to get the governors of each state to implement this Okay, problem with that, what's the what's three months from now? November, election season, like election time. So what's so magical about that? What's so magical about three months later? Not six months, not eight months, three months. Like, that's just so blatantly in your face, a gotcha, like a zinger. They don't care. Biden says that we need to step up to the plate and be a patriot and wear a mask to protect others. But, okay, so in December, 
when flu cases climb, that's not important to wear a mask, but only until November when it's election season. So that makes me think they have something up their sleeve. And I was talking to people today and they were saying that after the election, everything's going to go back to normal because this is quote unquote election infection. And that's uh, something I really just can't wrap my head around that we went through all of this for absolutely nothing, but that's how these people operate. So I just really have a problem with this this ticket. I had a problem already with Biden um, running for president. I mean, he's been in Congress for God knows how long. He was the vice president and now he's running to be president. And if they cheat via mail-in voting, there's a high, there's a very good chance that he wins. May try to ride out his term for a little bit, but you know that he's not going to be able to even complete probably his first year um, before they try to push him out. So this election is just very critical. Um, vote red all the way down the line. Honestly, we need conservative judges in our states. We need for, in North Carolina, we need for Dan Force to win and be governor, Mark Robinson to be lieutenant governor, because Governor Cooper is absolutely crazy. And that is going to be my segue to the pushback to phase two again. So Cooper said that until September 11th, we're going to be back on phase two. So we were supposed to be moving into phase three, but not anymore. And then he he had a lawsuit. Um, Dan Forrest is trying to sue Cooper, but he retracted that. So it's just our hands are tied. Um, but Cooper just, he says that this will be good for the economy, but I really don't see how school is starting back up and parents are getting their kids schedules like the week before school starts, which is absolutely unheard of. They're having middle schoolers have orientation for two weeks when it takes two hours to be oriented. Um, if that's a word, um, to get accustomed, I guess, to their class schedule and everything like that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And Cooper said that you can put your child in a day camp where you can learn, which that's school. So he's completely two-faced and he's honestly a liar. And they came out and said that 200,000 cases were misreported as COVID this week. So if that gives you any inclination of anything, they honestly don't care. It's about fear. It's not about them caring about us. They just want us to keep seeing the numbers. But if they really cared about the high numbers of things they'd be talking about the number of kids who are sex trafficked and the number of kids who go missing every day the number of kids who go missing every week and the number of kids who go missing every year because i guarantee you it's higher than the number of covid cases every day that comes across my phone honestly it was about stopping the spread and and it was about deaths. Deaths are the important thing, not cases, because there's tons of cases of every sort of disease and there's tons of cases of every sort of illness, but not everybody dies from it. And so it's it's good to see the the recovery rate of these viruses and illnesses and diseases, not just to keep track of mindlessly counting the number of cases. I mean, people are always going to be sick. And when is this going to end? You take a COVID test and it comes out positive sometimes. And like we had the governor of um, Ohio tested positive and negative in the same day. Some people are in line to get tested, leave, and then it comes back that their results are positive. I mean, these things are just not accurate. And honestly, North Carolina is doing such a bad and poor job of managing this virus. We're one of the top most restricted states in the nation which makes me really sad because I'm a native North Carolinian I've lived here 23 years and 
I've just never seen anything like this hit North Carolina so harshly. Cooper has really undone a lot of great things. There's businesses that won't be coming back if we ever get back to normal, and that's so sad. Like, one of my favorite restaurants I just discovered is Zinn Burger, and they're closing their doors forever, which is so sad. I mean, that was a staple of the South Point Mall in Durham, and now we can't even have that. I mean, the economy is tanking, but federally um the number went below 1 million people unemployed so that's good but what we really need to do like i'm telling you is vote red because we need to get these democrats out of office because they do not care about us this is about an agenda it's about control it's about fear and ultimately it's about the vaccine um i'm not going to say that it's the mark of the beast because i don't have enough information yet i know about the mark of the beast and i've read revelation but I'm not going to go around saying right now that it's the mark of the beast because there's a lot of things that we don't know yet. It says that the mark, people will be putting it in their arm or their forehead and the number will equal 666. You cannot buy or sell without it. So the information that we're missing is whether or not it goes into your right hand or forehead and if the number will equal 666. And you will know when the mark of the beast is going to be administered um god won't allow for his faithful followers to be tricked um he wants to see who is faithful to him obviously so he's not going to put us in a situation where we don't know what we're doing before we do it he's going to allow us to know fully and completely what the mark of the beast is but it's wise to read revelation read daniel um read ezekiel and just be familiar with what scripture says now more than ever we need to know what it says continuing on um, biblically. So Israel and the United Arab Emirates reached an agreement this week because of Trump and he didn't have to send billions of dollars to um, our enemies or anything like that to come across with a peace deal. So essentially um, these two high moving civilizations are going to be sharing ambassadors and technology and things of that sort for the first time in such a long time. I mean, the Jewish people and the Islamic people are have been at odds since the beginning of time. And to have a peace agreement be reached is just amazing and nobody has ever done it before. The reason that nobody has ever done it before is because a lot of our presidents have been pro-Palestine and that's not biblical. Um, the Bible clearly states that the Jewish people are God's chosen people because the Messiah came through the line of Israel. And this is not any in any way, shape, or form a slight to any religion, but you're a president needs to be leading the country in a way that's best for the country and not, not giving money to our enemies. And it, uh, our president, even though we have separation of church and state and we have freedom of religion, um, God wants people in countries to be worshiping him and following him and no other god there is no other god before him it says that in the bible and so it's important that our leaders believe in god and if they believe in god that means that they're going to do what he has requested and being pro-palestine is a world view and it may keep the peace for this earthly moment but we prophetically need Israel to be in favor because it is the people that God chose to have the Messiah come through. If it were the other way around, then I would be saying that about Palestine, but it's simply not true. We know that Jesus was a Jew and that he descends from the line of Israel. And it's important that our relations 
line up biblically and they haven't been for the for a really long time i mean it's no secret that obama funded isis and that hillary clinton signed off on weapons of mass destruction to be sent to our enemies and trump is getting things done in that he's not wasting time and he's not wasting money and he's not trying to appease people for the sake of appeasing them he's doing what he needs to do and what for what our country needs and for what god has asked of him this is a historical peace deal now a lot of people are myself included are slash were confused about this because in the bible it does talk about the antichrist making a deal between israel and palestine but this is not that same deal so this is setting up an agreement and a peace treaty but this um this agreement that's between Israel and Palestine in the Bible is going to be trickery and deceit and the Antichrist is going to be given, basically Israel is going to be given the plot of land to build the third temple and then the Antichrist is going to dwell in it, um, say blasphemous things and then turn against the Jewish people. And so that's not what this is. We of course need to be on high alert and reading our scripture now more than ever before and just being equipped. But that I hope that eases some people because I was nervous about it at first and I was like wait like is this the peace deal that is spoken about in, in the bible but as of now and what I've been reading and researching I don't believe that it is um of course if you believe that this is the peace deal or you um see it a different way please let me know because I would love to hear what you think about this I mean we're all learning I feel I'm so many years behind because I've only been a Christian for four years and so I really wish I had more knowledge but we can only do what we can do and God's timing is everything and he allowed for me to accept him in his life right when except he allowed for me to accept him in my life exactly when he needed and wanted me to and so I can't complain about that but it did definitely raise raise some hairs on my head um a lot of people are saying that Trump should get the Nobel Peace Prize for this um I agree because honestly this peace deal is just so historic so important was thought to be impossible and he did it he did it and that is why the Democrats want him out because he's actually running the country the way it should be. And they're more about running the shadow government. Now, not to say that there are not um, Republicans in the shadow government, because there are. But a lot of these people that have been named, um, QAnon and other sources that I follow, um, they're mostly Democrats. I have seen a couple of Republicans, but they're mostly Democrats. We know Obama is the president of the shadow government. And so they have a different agenda and they have different a different plan up their sleeve. But Trump is the one who's trying to unravel those plans and that's why it's so dangerous for him right now. Um, this week, an armed person was outside and he was shot, um, but we don't know why he was there. I have yet to see why he was there. Um, Trump said in Ohio that he's going to have to go away for a little bit. And I think that that's wise because he definitely has a target on his back. He wrote several executive orders um, that student loans will be forgiven, I'm pretty sure. And he is lowering the prices of drugs. So Big Pharma is has a target on his back. He's busting these child sex trafficking rings. He's doing so much in especially in these last few weeks than anybody has ever done in their full four terms. And so that's why they want to get rid of him. Um, for the past five presidencies, I believe, um, 
they have served two terms. And so it's very interesting that they're trying to get rid of him after his first term. And that's because they know that he's doing something right. At first, I thought it was because they actually cared about us and they cared about our democracy because I did not vote for Trump in the beginning um, because I just really was uninformed. Um, But now I'm seeing that he's doing what he's undoing every single thing that they put in place and he they hate that so they have to get rid of him and they will do it any way they can unfortunately but what you can do is you can start going to events and you can start wearing those controversial t-shirts and you can start speaking out on social media or telling your friends to watch documentaries and learn more about what's really going on because that's how we're going to fix this and ultimately god is in control but God did not um, say that he's a genie. He didn't say that he's going to grant us whatever request and we don't have to put work in. We have to put the work in. Six days we work and then one day we have a Sabbath. Um, And the Lord honors that himself. The Lord was called, he just called us to rest because he rests and but he also called us to work because he works. And that's that's, um, a a consequence of being kicked out of the Garden of Eden, but there's nothing wrong with work. And I went to this amazing church this weekend called Upper Room Church of God in Christ, and it was awesome. It was just so awesome to be around other black people who have conservative views. And the pastor was talking about when we separated income from work, that's really when it started to hurt people because it's an entitlement thing. You think that oh my gosh, I need help. Therefore, I need this money from the government. But you're forever indebted and enslaved to the government. And there's a lot that you have to actually give up um, to be able to be on government assistance. And it's just not helpful. The whole point is that it's supposed to be temporary, but a lot of people have made it a career. And so they can't get off of it. And having to give up everything, they're having to work twice as hard just to make um twice as few i guess you could say um so it's really not helpful to be dependent on the government the government is not our god and god works in mysterious ways and he always has a plan but if you have a sense of entitlement and think that you deserve something and that you're owed something simply because life isn't going your way well we were never granted for life to go our way and life going our way could be detrimental to life going god's way for us so I was really, really pleased to go to this church and to hear what the pastor had to say about political issues. And I'm sure I've said this before, but Christians, we need to be involved in politics. Um, There's only one gospel. It's not the social justice gospel and it's not anything else. And so I would advise that before you get involved in politics, you read, um, you read scripture, you know, the gospel, you know, who Jesus is and what he stands for and know that one side is promoting a false a false gospel and the other side is promoting the true gospel also this is no longer really republican versus democrat it's patriot versus tyranny honestly and so we need to be active and alert in politics because we can't just sit idly by especially with abortion knowing that abortion is murder we can't just say well i'm not going to get involved in politics you have to it's not political. It's someone's life. And it's unfortunate that so many things have been politicized, but that's just how it is. And until we get to heaven, because that's when all of this stuff is going to stop anyway, we need to be bold and firm in our beliefs and we need to stand up and and stand out. It's hard. I, I totally understand. I definitely think this is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life but it's rewarding when you meet someone who says that they feel a little bit better and they feel like they're they're able to um 
they're able to go out and interact with their community and get involved in events because they saw you there. They saw you wearing a controversial shirt or something like that, or they saw you speaking out on social media. So I highly, highly, highly recommend and I beg and plead with you to get involved in your community and get involved in politics, especially if you're a Christian, because we have to we have to christians cannot sit by anymore and be quiet and republicans we can't afford this rhino um this rhino rhetoric we have to vote straight ticket there's no option i'm sorry if we had a candidate that you really loved then sure vote for that person but realize what you're doing is throwing away a vote and everybody is entitled to vote how they want but it's just too risky of an election to to do throwaway votes and it really kind of irks me when people do that but to each their own but even if you don't vote for the more common candidate i would just ask that you get involved in politics because it's so necessary and we can change the world we were called to be world changers and we were called to be different and it you might not be able to shine that light anywhere else maybe the political field is is where it was made for you I honestly know that this is my passion because I've tried so hard to be quiet and I've tried so hard to just be that you know good little Christian girl who just says that they love Jesus and and nothing else. I love Jesus and that's why I'm doing this. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done and I I stay scared. But I would much rather know and I would much rather lay down and close my eyes at the end of the day and know that I was fighting on behalf of my country and fighting on behalf of those who don't have a voice than just to stay quiet so that I could be liked. So I think... Oh, I did not cover everything. I didn't tell you guys about our experience today at the tattoo shop and meeting Dan Mongino. So a local tattoo shop owner, he was arrested for opening his business and not following Cooper's um, claims, I guess you could say. So he was arrested. Well, Dan Bongino found out about it and promised that he would come to our town and get a tattoo from this guy, which is super awesome and super nice. He's such a friendly guy and very personable and he has an amazing past i believe he said he was in the secret service before but he's really cool a really chill guy and he was just taking pictures left and right with everyone and it was just a really awesome day and it was cool to be around fellow patriots and to know how hard he's fighting to help get um trump reelected and just um his shows his podcasts they're awesome and they're very invigorating for someone especially who's young and start just starting out in political world but we were out there and we're outside but there was a, a quite quite a few of us and this woman left the hair salon which was next to the tattoo shop and she forgot her bag but instead of just going back in the store she pulled up and almost ran into my friend who was sitting on the sidewalk I thought she was going through the building, but it was completely uncalled for. And it just goes to show these people, like, people think that they're better and people think that they're doing a service by acting completely outrageous because people aren't doing what they want them to do. And she could have killed someone today. Honestly, she really rolled up on my friend very closely and I thought that she was going to hurt her, but thankfully she didn't. But there's so many people yelling at us to put on a mask and to social distance and just all this stuff. And it's just, 
it's honestly ridiculous. I really think it is. I think people should just mind their own business. And if they're not around us, then it's not hurting them. And we were outside. If we were in a business and there were that many people, then I would totally understand. But we were outside. It was hot. And you shouldn't be wearing a mask outside, especially not for prolonged periods of time. But you know what you also shouldn't be doing is pulling up to someone in your car and attempting to run them over because you're mad that they're not wearing a mask. So it just goes to show what issues these people think are important. And I would just like to highlight something super, super disheartening and sad that happened this week. A five-year-old little boy, his name is Cannon Hennett. He was playing outside with his sisters and this man ran up to him, shot him in the head and ran off. Um, he was five years old and he died. Um, his sisters saw everything and uh, the media refused to cover it. Whereas I'm not trying to politicize anything, but we see these events where white cops kill a black person and then we have riots in the street. But this is a black man who killed a young white boy and the media didn't cover it because it doesn't fit the narrative. So morals are just out the window right now. It's such it's such a weird time right now, but I'm thankful for the experiences that I've had and for what I've gotten to do this year, despite the craziness. And I'm thankful for the people that I've met because they're strong conservatives and that's what we need. We need people who aren't afraid to speak up and we need people who are going to fight for the justice of everyone. The Bible says that there shouldn't be any partiality toward anyone. And God is serious when he says that. And so when a black man is killed or a black person is killed at the hands of a white cop, Jesus weeps for that. But he also weeps for the black on black crime and the white on white crime and the black on white crime. He weeps for all because everybody was made in the image of God, whether they believe in God or not. And I just wish that more people would understand that. It's not justice when a white person gets killed by a black person. That's not justice for these people who have been killed by white people. It's not justice. Only Jesus can provide the justice that we really need. And it's it's just very telling of these people and what they've been saying about canon that makes it seem like his death was justified just because of everything that's been going on. So it's just very disheartening to see this evil like right out in the forefront. I just couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine being that hateful or having that much hate in my heart. So we just have to continue to pray for people, for their eyes to be open, the blinders to be taken off, their hearts to be open to the gospel and their ears to be open to listen. And for people to really just sit back and see that their words have an effect and their actions have an effect. And for them to harness that ener- harness that energy and use it for good and use it to promote the truth while these people think that what they're doing is good and truthful it's not and so we just have to remember that uh, while many of them do it intentionally a lot of these people are lost they're young and they honestly just don't know what they're doing so we just have to pray for them that they would come to see the truth and see the light and repent of their actions and repent of their words. 
So this is a super long podcast again. Thank you so much if you listen to this. As usual, if you have any questions, please make sure to either text me or DM me if you have my social media or my number. Follow me on social media. My Twitter is at Sienna Catherine. My Instagram is at Sienna Catherine S. And you can send me a Facebook request. I will vet you and hopefully accept your request. Um honestly yeah please ask me a question I would love to get questions and maybe you could send in voice recordings of um questions that you guys have and then I can put you guys in the podcast but I really enjoy this it's so much fun it's a great exercise for me and I appreciate all of the support that I have with this one more thing that you can do is you can subscribe to my podcast wherever you get your podcast you can get it on iTunes, you can get on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and if you wouldn't mind leaving me a review, I would also really appreciate that as well. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in my next episode.